0: Welcome back for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Wayne Breezy Brown. Um, We're just touching base, following up on the NBA draft and a few days removed um, from the start of free agency. So we're going to be delving into some stuff. Uh, First things first, before we get into the thick of it, how are we doing today, man?
1: I'm doing good today, man. I'm excited to be here and talk some Some Celtics basketball, some some things that may prosper for the Boston Celtics in the near future. And uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about our our draft pick and and what he may be able to bring to the table. So uh, it's going to be a great show.
0: Yeah. And I mean, so first things first, V, we saw a lot of draft movement, (laughs) more than I expected. Lots. back. Yeah. So they got the 25th overall pick in the draft. Um, Boston got that as part of the deal that sent Marcus Smart to Memphis. Got two first-rounders, 25th overall this year, and then Golden State's pick next year, which is top four protected. Then the year after that, top one protected. And then the year after that, completely unprotected. Most likely, it's going to convey next year. I don't imagine that Golden State magically falls into the top four, especially with them making some crazy moves, including getting uh, Chris Paul and moving off of Jordan Poole. And the stuff coming out of that is crazy. But in terms of what the Celtics did, they ended up trading back from 25 to 31 and they got a future second rounder Um, that was to Detroit. Then they traded back from 31 to 34 and I believe they got another pick from that. Then they moved back from 34 to 38 and 39 and after making that move. They traded 39 for a future asset. And at 38th overall, um, they drafted Jordan Walsh, who's 19 years old. Last time I checked, Um, played for the Razors or Razorbacks and just kind of fits the mold of what they need in terms of buying low on a guy and trying to build him up. He is should have they had projected him to be higher um, than what they got for six foot seven, super, super explosive athlete, more than I expected Um, very much a defensive minded player, uh, three point shot. The form is good. Um, not as consistent as you would want, but that's kind of what happens when you're getting a guy that late in the draft. But overall, it it, it seems like it's a good pickup. I don't know how he factors into their plans. Most likely he's probably one of their two way guys. I don't know, depending on what the rest of the roster is. I mean, I don't foresee him having any kind of bench role, but Who knows? I mean, if it's defense first and that's what he's bringing to the table, I don't hate it. Um, I mean, I've watched a little bit of tape on him, but again, I mean, a lot of that comes from after seeing the draft pick. I'm not one of the guys who's um, sitting there going through draft boards and saying this is the guy they need to draft. But um, when he was falling that far back, they were surprised that he was available at 38 and they got him. So um, for what it's worth, I mean, it's it's interesting. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it makes the, the trading back scenario, it makes it makes more sense, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, because uh, clearly they had themselves high. Like, the Celtics are <laughs> a wing-drafting team. Like, that's what they're going to draft. <laughs> they're going to get wings and wings. They're going to be taller wings. They're going to be, you know, bigger. That's just kind of like what they do, right? And so um, I'm going to be honest. I had no idea. I really didn't even care who we were scouting. I only care (laughs) – like, because we just have this this core of a team, and right now I think everybody's more worried about, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep the core together, blah, 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 blah. And we got all these little wrinkles that keep, you know – coming up each and every single day with other teams making moves which leaves this little scenario possibly open and so it's just it's just a never-ending story until the Celtics go ahead and do what they need to do so hopefully July 1st we'll get that but I don't expect it to be done on July 1st if you know what I'm talking about but anyway back to Jordan Walsh so I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of film on, on guys as well uh until after the fact and so here's what I get after watching some Jordan Walsh, right? You're going to get a high level of athleticism, all right? You talk about a kid that can literally jump through the roof. And I think the most impressive thing that I've seen from all of his clips and films and things like that that I was able to get my eyes on, I think the most impressive thing is how this kid doesn't jump. I don't know if you know, but everybody on our team is jumping. Now, I'm not saying that the NBA pump fakes are that much different than the college pump fakes and things like that. But this kid keeps his feet on the ground and gets his hands up. And that's cool, right? Because if he comes into this Boston Celtics team, he has a great summer, and all of a sudden they feel like they can utilize his defense first. And while he improves his offense, this is a great find, you know, for Brad Stevens and the crew, right? Another great find. You get a defensive-minded guy. And it's interesting because you traded, quote-unquote, one of the best defensive players in Celtics history, and Marcus Smart, and next thing you know, you draft another guy, not to replace Marcus Smart, but to add defense and athleticism on another another end. Like you said, he only averaged about 7.5 points per game, so scoring isn't his thing, but I tell you what, his feet are good, so if you pay attention to the way he's shuffling those feet off of the screens, off of the switches and things like that, this is a kid that can come and make a mark early, and if... We talk if we get back to the basketball that we like. I know they say the defense wins championships, but defense creates baskets and transition. And I miss that. I miss the Celtics getting a turnover. And I remember earlier on a couple of shows or pods ago, we talked about how the Celtics defense. They play a tad bit different, right? They're not the greatest on-ball defenders, but they have length. So they're able to play in space. It's like zone in football, right? Even though they're not playing zone. And so it's like, yeah, they're playing their man. They're switching. They're rotating. But the length in their arms, this kid has a seven, three wingspan. You know, this, that, that's impressive, right? And so now this is another guy that can get the arm out length out, hand out, deflect the pass. Next thing you know, that ball's going the other way. It's an easy basket for your guys in transition. So we'll see what happens. But the more and more I watch it, the more and more I'm like, yo, this is what the Celtics need. The low down, the gritty, the grind, the defensive hustle, uh, and and the guy that can help create easy transition baskets. So I I know – As a Celtic fan, I want to agree with everything that we do, which I don't, but this might be a a, a diamond in the uh, rough in in what, you know, Brad Stevens uh, brought into the organization. And the fact that they were able to trade back to get him speaks volumes.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for for what it's worth, they ended up clearing up a little bit of space in terms of trying to go use the MLE. So the MLE is still on the table. I don't know how likely it is that the Celtics use it. It really depends on how the rest of the financial situation kind of pans out. But overall, I do like the Walsh pick. Again, I want to see how this works out and what kind of role he's got. The one thing that you said that I really, really agree with is the hustle aspect, because I, I just watched a bunch of highlights of this kid, you know, jumping all over the plate, shoving on the floor, going for loose balls, you know, meet, meeting the, uh, you know, going on ball and meeting the guy out on the perimeter and being aggressive. And so those are the kind of things that you want from a wing like that. And if you're a young player entering the league, one big way for you to crack rotation minutes, if you think that's in question is to play hard and play with energy and play with hustle. And most importantly of all, defend, you know, if you're able to defend that opens up a whole can of opportunities for you. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. and, After all of that trading back, I think Boston ended up netting four future second rounders. So they turned the 25th pick overall in the draft to the 38th pick in the uh, draft and then four future second rounders. And the way that Brad Stevens apparently looks at second rounders is he kind of uses that sweetener. So, you know, when you're making a deal, you sprinkle in a couple second rounders to give a little bit of flavor and seasoning and you ship whatever out you need to. So with the situation after... Everything that happened with Marcus Smart, moving on from him, landing Porzingis uh, after that Malcolm Brogdon deal with the Clippers fell through. I, I do wonder what else is going to happen there. And I, I do want to touch upon this because it's been a few days now. We've kind of had a couple days to decompress, reframe, whatever you got to do uh, to get through it. But the Marcus Smart deal, as much as it hurts for fans, um, it was a good deal. Um, I I do want to see what the fit is going to be like with Kristaps Porzingis. I think he adds a different element to the game. He's going to help the offense not be stagnant. Uh, He's able to stretch the floor. You're going to be able to use him in the paint. You're going to be able to use him around the elbows, both as a creator and a post-up player. You do worry about durability, but you also have the durability issues with Marcus Smart. Uh, He fleshes out your front court. And if you do not retain Grant Williams, which is looking less and less likely by the day. You've got another guy who can go out there and play some center minutes, play some power forward minutes and meshes into that system. Um, theoretically on paper, pretty well. I do want to see how it works out um, on the court, but it, it sucks to move on from Marcus smart. But again, you know, you you did what you needed to do. I do think that they still move on from Malcolm Brogdon and that's where those second rounders might come into play where you kind of sprinkle them in a deal but I just wonder, like, what else is, you know, what else did they got up their sleeves? Because it's just, it, it feels like there's a bunch of other stuff that needs to shake out around the league. Atlanta's clearing cap space. You saw them dump John Collins, which we t- we talked about before we hopped on. Insane, insane. They just dumped him for like nothing. They got Rudy Gay and what, uh, uh or protected first maybe, maybe a second. I I can't. It was yeah. They like- got nothing
1: it was two pieces in a biscuit and that, that, that might even be worth more. Yeah. that's uh, worth what more. They got <laughs> for John Collins. Um, but listen, when you're trying to, when you, when you, when your team has a certain vision and you're trying to, you know, make the team better in a certain way, you know, you're willing to give away something for peanuts. It's just, it's just a game. It's, it's kind of like what it is, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, you know, I like John Collins. I felt like he was a young dude that provided a lot of energy that uh, developed a shot outside, you know, the three-point, you know, area. And, and he started hitting and, you know, he could still give you some rim protection and things like that. But he was one of those tweener guys too, tweener big guys. Uh, and I thought maybe before the Chris Porzingis situation happened, I thought maybe that might be uh, a situation because I knew Atlanta was going to dump John Collins. I think we actually talked about it, and so they did. I just didn't think it was going to go for that uh, minimal amount. But as far as what the Celtics are doing, listen, we don't know. I I, I do know this, that they they're they're trying to build... A, a substantial coaching roster that can coach these young guys to, to win a championship. And uh, I'm thinking and I'm hoping that since they added certain coaches, that they get, if they can, the money is weird to me, but if they can find a way to add maybe a couple of more veterans that 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 presence on, on the team you know that just can come in and play a role as the veteran and still have some type of significant uh you know impact on the celtics roster uh, throughout the regular season i think that would be cool but again like you said money is tight and it all comes down to what teams are going to offer grant excuse me and will the celtics choose to match the grant williams and so like for me to move on from grant sucks because that is your hustle player that that's the guy like that's that's the guy that's going to die for the loose balls but when they drafted jordan Walsh, did they replace grant like you're not going to get the three-point shooting here we didn't get that from grant the beginning either but it it, it definitely developed into uh, he developed into that so it's going to be interesting to see what the celtics do uh, but I think first and foremost, I mean, I think their priority is Supermax contract, Jalen Brown, make the offer and then wait for him to make a decision. I think that's kind of like what they have to do. Um, and then from there, we'll know. But it'll be really crazy if he turns that down and ends up somewhere like Atlanta.
0: Yeah, we talked about it. I <laughs> I have to acknowledge the fact that Atlanta made space. They um, made they've space. Got, and so they can move, they can move around some pieces still. Uh, reportedly, uh, they're going to be going into the luxury tax, or they are prepared fully to go into luxury tax. I don't know if Jalen is on the table for them if he doesn't stay in Boston. I imagine he would be, um, but that would probably be you know an opt-in and trade, um, or it's not, it's not even. No, it'd just be an extension if they did an extension, but they probably wouldn't sign him to an extension. They'd have to trade him, and then he would sign an extension in Atlanta if that were the case. Now, the only thing that would give me real pause in all of this, and we spoke a little bit about it before we hopped on, Marcus Markets traded, and we've heard absolutely nothing from Jalen Brown. And don't get me wrong, I you mentioned it before, I think he's in Paris, so Dude's just hanging out in France, having fun, but nothing, man. Not Nothing on an Instagram story, not a tweet. Um, no, no likes of the tweets or anything, or the tributes, nothing like that. I, I looked before we hopped on. So a, a, a player who's been your teammate for seven damn near eight years, has been there since you came into the league. You've played with him for season after season now, multiple deep playoff runs, NBA Finals appearance last year, Nothing. Radio silence on that. And and you you said as much that it might be like him kind of getting into the zone before free agency. But is that indicative of the relationship that he had with Marcus Smart? Is that indicative of where he's at with the Celtics? Does it mean that he's looking to move on from the Celtics? So he kind of is just not even bothering saying, hey, we're going to miss you, man, because maybe he's on his way out. I I don't know, but I mean, the fact that he said nothing is just so odd to me. Like, he could have even just done something simple as, like, Instagram story. Picture the two of those guys together like my brother. You know, love you. Appreciate you. Best of luck, man. Hate to see you go. Or even just, like, you know, Memphis, you got a dog. Like,
1: anything. Could have said anything at all. But crickets. I mean, look. Do I believe that there's some type of tension between the two? I do. Like, I, I personally believe that. But at the end of the day, this guy's on vacation. So if he chooses not to enter the realm of what's going on, that's on him. Does he see it? I'm sure he does. I mean, he posted pictures of him being in Paris. But, like, I I personally don't want to take this and put blow it out of some type of proportion. But it's definitely worth discussing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, the only thing that matters is what is Jalen Brown doing to prepare... To get ready for the off season, and will he be with the Celtics? And I think, you know, it could be from his. It it can be from uh, an agent perspective. You know, I know in, in 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 football. Like, when players are going into that contract negotiation period, like, they pull all their stuff off of social media. Like, they'll leave one picture. It'll be, like, a picture of black, like, the color black. And, like, you don't know what the hell is going on. And so now all of a sudden you're creating this, yo, what is this player about to do? They're not coming back to You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but to answer the question about the Marcus Smart I'm not sure why he didn't say anything other than the simple fact I just don't think that they really were getting along. I thought there was tension in the locker room. Marcus Smart was doing stuff to old way Jalen Brown's becoming if he's coming of age, growing into his manhood and he's a leader. Like you can only have one leader literally. Like one especially vocal leader. You can have people lead in different ways. But if it's that one alpha dominant guy, and I feel like that's who Jalen Brown is, it's going to clash. You don't see two male lions running the pride, right? It's one, and and then the female lions really run the pride. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, um, <laughs> I get,
0: I get the analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's 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 tough, man. And so with trading Marcus Smart, it 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 to me it made it clear and present that they're moving on and focusing with the Jays. Like, I, 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 I think that's what they are. And I always go back to that analogy, just Marcus Smart, like the, the crutch is gone. So now the Jays got to put up or shut up. Like, I think that's kind of what, yeah. it, which is what I want. I, because what else do they need to prove? They're both going to be, they're both all NBA. They're both all-stars. They're both superstars. Like, the only thing they're missing is getting over the hump and winning mm-hmm. a championship for this fine ass organization, and I think I think now you know that you've weaved out all of the old. I would say, and now you're focusing on these guys. It's up to you know Brad Stevens to construct that and and, and make sure that they're the focal point, and that they become the pillars, and then you build the support around them. So I think that's kind of what it is, and it's it's it sucked that it had to be Marcus Smart. But look what they got in return. I mean, like, like you got to look, from a basketball standpoint, you got to look about the return. And now you're adding in another guy, which you talked about, Chris Porzingis, that can get you 20 plus points a night easily. And then he's a mismatch nightmare, right? Not too many big guys are going to defend him. There's not too many big guys like him in the NBA, first and foremost, that, that can, he can shoot over top of bigs. Like, that's the scary part. I mean, if you just go back and watch the Celtics game, like, He abused the whole team. He took on whoever they sent at him, and he just abused them. And I know that was one game, but he averaged points, like high points last season. He played probably one of his best seasons with the Washington Wizards and playing over 60 games. So, look, if the Celtics are getting minimum that Christat Porzingis, where you talked about he could be a threat in the post. He he has ball handling skills. He can pass the ball. He can shoot over the top. He has a mid-range. He has a floater. He has all these different tricks and and tools in his bucket. I mean, this is it's just it just makes sense that they they had to move into a different direction. It's just that Marcus Smart was the expendable and it sucked cuz again, you kind of lose your heart and soul.
0: Yeah. And in a way, it's them acknowledging, you know, something needs to some things need to, like, die and grow old and be pushed out of the way in order for new things to come in and take its place. Things need to fall apart in order for something else to be built up. And Marcus, you can say, was the heart and soul and you can, you know, put all the nice buzzwords on it. But it was the heart and soul of a team that continually fell short that would fall apart late in games, late in fourth quarters. And as much as people want to say and get after, you know, Jalen Brown for stuff, Marcus Smart was just as at fault in terms of usage in the fourth quarter, um, taking the offense out of rhythm. And there was just something needed to change. And I think in terms of if you were going to move on from one of these pieces, it wasn't going to be Tatum. And if you're going to move on from Jalen Brown you're going to move on from Jalen Brown. But I don't think you're not going to move Jalen Brown before you move Marcus Smart. And I think Marcus thought he was untouchable. Um, he was pretty blindsided by the trade. So I don't know if that maybe rubs Jalen Brown the wrong way that like it felt like Jason and Jalen were kind of in their own tier and that Marcus might have been you know close to that tier or felt close to that tier um, because of how long he'd been with the team. I don't know this is this is all just speculation I know that I know for sure it was reported that Smart was blindsided didn't expect him to be moved and it kind of came out of left field Brad Stevens spoke about it as much too and saying it was just a very difficult conversation and understands the significance and importance of the player so now you have this whole situation where you're moving forward you've got to build around the Jays and then you've got to figure out what else is coming um and it's difficult. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, like I said, I think they should still move on from. But Brad Stevens spoke about him. Um, basically what ended up happening was is he came forward had an interview with uh, Chris Forsberg uh, for I believe Celtics Hawk podcast. Uh, was talking to Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston. Spoke on Brogdon, spoke on Spart, uh, spoke on the addition of Kristaps Porzingis, what he brings to the table. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should. Um But he had a conversation with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, He said that the phone call, he said, Malcolm's really important. That's really that was tough. He certainly doesn't deserve that. And I feel for him. We've talked, obviously, since then. There are a lot of narratives out there because that are because of that, that are certainly inaccurate. And I believe he's referring to the injury um, in because you had, you know. We had Windhorse come out and say that his arm is pretty bad. It's a significant injury. That's going to impact him this season. Um, what Brogdon said was, or what Steven said about Brogdon was the bottom line is he's going through a period of four to eight weeks where he's resting and rehabbing as suggested by our docs. And as suggested by the third party doc that he went to see, he feels good. And we expect him to be back right at the start of the season and have the great year that he's had every year he's been in the league. So It it, it sounds very much like that's still on the table for him to return. I also do believe that it's a load of hooey. Uh, (laughs) This is my personal opinion now. I don't think that Brad's lying about the injury. I don't think he's lying about the rehab. Uh, I think that would be insane if he was, and that's not the case. I think that he's just looking at it overall. He has to go ahead and do damage control on this. But if you're the Celtics, like that's the biggest salary you've got outside of the Jays. And now Christophs Porzingis, who signed into a $36 million player option uh, for this season with an extension still on the table uh, long term, which they can discuss in July. So that's something that's probably going to happen. Uh, I think the most he can get is two years, $77 million, And I think that's what they're going to ultimately do for Porzingis. Now, for Brogdon, I think... You know, there's a couple other options out on the table. Maybe you look, you revisit stuff with the Wizards. Um, Maybe you try and make a separate deal for Tyus Jones, who they acquired from Memphis. Um, I think there's an entire possibility where they had two separate trades on the table and Tyus Jones was another one that they could go back to um, because they did have that framework lined up with Memphis as a backup when uh, the Brogdon deal fell through with the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers, you know, after a physical or something like that will, consider trading for Brogdon. And then maybe you look at Norman Powell. Norman Powell is also on the, on the trade block now officially. So he's available and there's going to be a lot of player movement. Uh, Jake Fisher dropped an article, uh, for Yahoo sports and check it out if you haven't, but there's, get, there's expected to be a lot of movement. Um, everything from like Max Strus going to potentially to the Pistons. Um, you've got other guys moving around. Obviously you got Collins who got sent to the jazz, uh, You've got the Pacers and the Pistons. Um, they like um, Hunter with the Hawks. So like there's something that could potentially happen there. I, there's a lot to sink into. And, you know, by the time this episode drops, we're going to have two days before the start of free agency. Um, tampering period starts on the 30th at 6 p.m. So be ready. That's Eastern Standard Time. And then from that point forward, it becomes the uh, legal Legal tampering period where teams can start talking to players, start negotiating, um, and then when free agency actually starts, kicks off officially, um, they can start inking those deals. But a lot of player movements coming this season. I just don't know um, how the Celtics tie into that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Brockton. I know the money situation is the issue, but um, I, I don't know if I want to move on from the six-man who— we were able to count on night in and night out until after, you know, I mean, the only time he was uh, not accountable was during the the playoff series where he was hurt and he just couldn't shoot, couldn't finish, you know, he had had the issue. So it's going to be interesting um, to see if that's a contract that they're going to try to move. Uh, But again, it's going to come down to his health and i don't know too many teams that might want to take on the contract with a player with an injury history um and and you know it's, that's a lot of money and so for me if the Celtics can keep them, i wouldn't make any too i wouldn't make too many more additions uh to this roster you had a roster to me that would have worked last year with Marcus Smart and all the guys that we had and unfortunately, I mean, we literally fell short, like literally Jason Tatum falls on the ground 28 seconds into a game. And it was kind of over, you know, like you lose. And, and it kind of puts things into perspective why Tatum is like the best player on the Celtics, because, you know, this is not a shot at Jalen Brown, but they started sending three people at Brown. So like with Tatum commands doubles. things like that and so it was just a weakness and they they figured it out tatum was out he couldn't perform they threw everything at brown and then it was forcing everybody else to step up and it was just a weird game freaking seven for most of it uh and so going forward brogdon to me if was healthy in that game may have given the Celtics a nice uplift. He probably
0: would have pushed them over the top. He would
1: have. It's so crazy to say, and I know if ifs were fifths, we'd be all drunk, but that's not the point. (laughs) I've
0: never heard that
1: Turner phrase. I love that. Listen, bro. (laughs) It's just like, it's so crazy because he couldn't play. Like the moment they even put him in the game, team went on like 10, 12-0 run. It was just weird. He was trying. And so like, you know, I don't know if I want to move on from Brogdon. I felt like he added a different element. And statistically, if you ask who was the better players, Brogdon, White, Smart, if you had to rank the three, how would you rank them? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's Smart's going to come in three. I think I
0: think. I th- Smart definitely has to come in three. I think you probably put Derek ahead of Brogdon just
1: because he's a more well-rounded player. Okay. All right. And, and that's and and that's your I mean, I I might put Brogdon over white. I mean, Brogdon had a tremendous season, you know, coming off of an injury plague season where he was previously and, and then comes to the Boston Celtics, finds a way to stay healthy majority of the season. Actually, the season he was pretty much damn healthy, he missed a couple of games here or there. Most players do. And then it just he just bombed out in the playoffs due to the uh, crazy injury that he had. but that's my point. so like you, you if you look at it like this, you already lost Marcus Smart and you I don't think anybody on the Celtics can give the Celtics that intangible reference like Marcus Smart. I mean the things he did to keep plays alive, the things he did like no one I don't think can do that. We have I think the players are more skilled. And they have to be more precise and more accurate and be more smart and wise on the plays that they're making, the shots that they're taking, things like that. Because you're not going to have a Marcus Smart to save that ass anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so, Yeah, like, the,
0: you don't have that safety valve you don't in terms have that. of he's,
1: defense. It, it's gone. It's, he's, he's gone. And, and if you want to know what I'm going to miss about Marcus Smart, it's exactly that. It's That's it. I mean, cause granted, I mean, I... I I held my breath every time he would pull up and shoot the ball. I didn't know if it was going to go in or not. But I knew he was going to bring it night in and night out. And so how will the Celtics get over that hump? It's to be continued. That's why I don't know if you move on from a Malcolm Brockton because he can create his own shot. He can He He can. He can walk up and pull up and hit the three at a high percentage, which is some of the things we watch Marcus. Bur- he has those skills. Do you move on from that? Is that costing your team that much? What else are the Celtics trying to add to this particular roster? Freak it, man. Make Sam Hauser a sharpshooter and 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 get Peyton Pritchard more involved. He clearly can be a burst of energy. It's so many things I feel like they already have. They just have to allow it to develop. I don't know if they should move on from Brogdon. I think he can become that little safety vibe. Imagine him just running the second unit. It's going it, to... be I don't think – if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of how I look at it.
0: And, and that's fair. I mean, I still think I, I, if you end up, you know, trying to add another starting caliber point guard yeah, or someone who gonna is – going to
1: cost you Brogdon.
0: I get what you- It'll cost you Brogdon, but I don't it, – it, it's more so about trying to figure out where the roster is going to be at, like who's starting, do you start KP, well, how does that change things, that kind of stuff. So, you know – at the end of the day, we'll see how things shake out, but um, I'm not going to get too caught up in it. But. Let's go. <laughs> um, besides that, uh, we'll wrap up for today. Uh, this has been another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CNS Media Network, and uh, we'll catch you next time, hopefully in a few days. So cheers.
1: Sign up at fanduel.com Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.